0: What is up everybody? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Uh, today's episode is a musings of a madman. Uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, um, every Friday uh, I have a segment that is more or less listener-driven where we talk about um, various things that I've learned, things going on in my life, helping you guys get to know me a little bit better so that throughout the conversations with the interviewees, uh, you know who I am and how I'm trying to relate and you know what it is that we're trying to get after throughout our, our chats and whatnot. Um, before we get down to too far down the rabbit hole, um, you know, the intent of the podcast is uh, is to share stories. Uh, so we sit down with individuals from, you know, just a variety of, of experiences to understand how they got to where they're at what they're doing, the challenges that challenges that they've faced, really trying to, to deep dive into their stories and understand their mindset, the challenges, their successes, so that if other people out there want to take the next step in life but aren't quite sure how, um, these stories are, are, are can be used to leverage um, those next steps and kind of inspire either new actions, changes, find new interests, hobbies, connections, networks, all sorts of stuff like that. So it's meant to be a hub of, of stories is, is really what it's designed to be. Um, with that being said, um, just a couple announcements. Uh, the first one, um, if you haven't, please take a second to like uh, subscribe and review the show. Um, that helps me immensely lets me know you know whether or not I'm on the right track if you guys like what you're, what you what you're listening to and uh, believe in the show. Um, I take feedback very seriously and I do my best to implement so I would love to hear from you all. Um, The next thing is that we do have a Patreon. A Patreon is now live, which is very cool. So for those of you that don't know, it's just a monthly subscription to the show um, where you can help support um, both me financially and then also what is something that I that I really believe in is taking some of those dollars in, and donating them back into the community to various causes. So we've got three different tiers set up. Uh, the first one is a dollar a month. Um, it's just a rambler tier that really is, hey, you believe in the show, you like what's going on and you want to help see it grow and succeed. Um, the next one is the advocate, which is you're a, a bigger fan. It's $5 a month. And uh, what that will do for you is that will help um, uh it, it will give you access to the monthly poll to determine where we donate the money to. So half of all of the money uh right now, it, half of all of the money that I will be getting um will be donated back into a charity or a cause that you will help determine um you know which which cause that goes to. And finally, uh the third tier is the maddened patron, which is $10 a month, and um, it's all the same things, right? You love the show, you love what's going on, um you are you are a part of determining which cause, uh, the money does go to. So that will be a monthly poll that we will donate every month. And in addition to that, uh, I will schedule monthly interactions. So what that'll be, will be, um, something like an ask me anything, a live chat, a Google hangout or whatever, where we can sit down and BS and, you know, have some networking sessions like that. Um, in addition to that too, uh, I will do weekly shout outs to the Madden patrons, uh, in the madman episode. So expressing my thanks because you guys really are going to be helping shape the show in such a, a dramatic way. And I'll also create a website, uh, a page on my website that will highlight either, you know, you as an individual, your Instagram, your website, um, whatever, again, kind of just showing thanks for who you are. So I will link that in the episode description and I would love, love, love for you guys to go join the Patreon page and help, help develop the show and community a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Now, moving on into the meat and potatoes of the show. So if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that I, uh, I put out a little teaser of this episode um, stating that uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different for the next maybe two or three episodes, and I'm going to cover a little bit more of um, my story in terms of my anxieties and my kind of journey through um, owning my own mental health and uh, my OCD. And so a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was at the total archery challenge and uh, one of my buddies was like, Hey dude, you know, you've got this story. Um, you haven't really gotten it out there is kind of more or less what he said. And uh, so I t- kind of, I took that to heart and kind of sat on it, let it ruminate for a little while or ruminated on it for a little bit. And uh, you know, I feel it's important to share um, how I've owned mental health, what it is that I faced and uh, hopefully you know, help you guys understand a little bit more of who I am so that as you listen, right, either a, you know, you can connect with me a little bit better and understand, you know, who I am and why I'm asking the questions I do and and how to relate to others. Um, But really, you know, also just to make sure that there's this this air of transparency with, you know, who I am as an individual. So um, I'm going to do it, I think, in three different parts. And the way that I'm I'm thinking of approaching it right now is uh, in the first segment, we're going to cover um, kind of my high school and college years because that's, that's where a lot of things, um, like I don't want to say happen, but where um, there's a lot of good examples of my OCD that I can share with you. And I'm going to do my best to reflect back on that. The second one, uh, the second series or the second episode is going to cover kind of my, um, the relationship side of things, particularly um, around the intrusive thoughts side of stuff. Um, And then finally is going to be tackling the recovery port. I don't want to say recovery because it sounds weird, but like um, kind of the ownership and the tools that I've learned and developed um, that have made me a lot more free, I guess you could say. And I don't want to use like you know, loosey, weird kind of like feely terms. But um, I'm also trying to to tell you exactly how it is that I felt. So with that being said, um, we're gonna get after it, and we're gonna start. And uh, I'm kind of nervous. Like I, my I've got butterflies, got a little bit of a knot in my stomach because this is this is kind of different. And uh, so here we go. So we're gonna start. So. Um, Uh, When I was in high school, um, so let me preface this a little bit. So I don't have any military experience. Um, I don't have any law enforcement experience. I come from a very good family. Um, So, you know, I probably overemphasized uh, in the initial episode with um, talking about, you know, myself a little bit more and what this, this whole podcast is, you know, episode 001, literally all the way back then. Um, probably overemphasized, you know, um, the work ethic that my family tried to instill in us in all of these things. But you know that is very important to my family is, is having a strong worth work ethic. But inside of that, you know, my family unit was very strong. You know, my dad worked, my mom worked. Uh, my mom cooked a lot. My dad cooks too. My mom loves baking. We had family dinners together. We went on vacations. There's a lot of very good memories there. So I come from a very strong, healthy family in that regard. So a lot of my anxiety. And OCD, I think, are genuinely just come from how I think about life and um, how my mind, um, I guess, handles a lot of different things. So I kind of want that to be known that, you know, there aren't like, there's no significant, like, holy shit, traumatic thing. And I come from a fucked up world. You know, it's like, no, I'm, I literally, like, for all intents and purposes, you know, my, my life was very. I've been very, very, very fortunate, and so. But the way that my mind works and functions, you know, has not lent itself to to accepting those things and being able to run with it freely and kind of um, a little uh, loosey-goosey, right? so um so i'm gonna i just want to make sure that that's kind of clear right i don't have this crazy traumatic amazingly horrible experience of life that, that that lends itself to this so um but you know just the way i think the way that my body and mind functions um has lent itself to some pretty interesting experiences that, that have you know have uh i think i i don't want to say that that'll make a good story because it does that doesn't sound like fun but hopefully you know, makes, uh, makes a little bit of sense. So here we go. So in high school, uh, I think it was my freshman year of college is when I first recall, um, experiencing some, um, obsessive compulsive, um, type tendencies. And so, um, what I mean by that is, uh, um, before I would leave for school, um, my sister and I would drive to school together. My sister's a couple years younger than us. And so before we would leave for school, um, Uh, I would lock each of the doors in the house. I would check front door, back door, garage door, gate, front door. I don't remember if I said front door. But I would check each of these things as best as I can remember. Right. So I'm going to caveat this. Um, Everything that I say is is from memory at this point. So I'm going to do my best to remember things, both what I did, how I felt, and why I did it as best as I can from memory. So, again, this is 15 years ago, I think, when I was in high school, my freshman year, something like that. 16. It's been a while. But so I would lock um, before my sister and I left for school, I would go out, you know, I start the truck in the morning, get it warmed up. And then when we would leave, um, before I could get out of the house, I would have to check the back door, the front door, the gates, the garage door, you know, the man door, make sure the garage was closed. And then we would barely get out to the truck before I'd have to check all these things again. And I want to say it was you know, maybe three or four times, I, I would historically, I would say six, I don't think that was accurate. I think it was probably three or four times that I would have to check each of these doors before we could leave the house. And oftentimes, um, you know, I would re- I recall now, you know, trying to have somebody either trying to leave before somebody else did, so that I wouldn't feel responsible if somebody broke into the house. Um, so if I left the house, that would leave the responsibility on somebody else to check all of the doors and make sure everything was locked up before I left. So there was this overwhelming sense of responsibility for me to make sure that the house was, you know, safe, more or less. Um, and so, you know, we would leave the house, I would take my sister to school, and I would have this like overwhelming sense of like, I didn't I need to go back. I need to go check everything and I need to check all the doors and, and make sure everything is is safe for, you know, lack of a better phrase. And so um, I would remember, uh, you know, having to look in the rearview mirror or, you know, kind of second guess myself or have to ask, um, you know, my sister, hey, is, you know, the door locked or whatever. Right. And so I would take her to school, drop her off because we, uh, you know, we were three years. Uh, we are three years separated. So um, I would drop her off to uh, you know, middle school before I would go to the high school. And um, so I would drop her off. And there were times that I would actually turn back around, go home and run through the same activity again. So I would, you know, check the doors, hop the fence, check the gate, you know, um, check back door, front door, oven, oven that did, actually didn't come until later, right? But there was a lot of things that I would check. And so then I would have to get back in my truck and kind of fight that sense of having to go back on my way back to um, the high school. So I would get to high school and, um, you know, I would get to the school, I would park my pickup. And I would check both doors because it was it was a, a two door pickup, right? And I would check the doors again, probably three or four times before I could I could get myself to like say fuck I need to get <laughs> I need to get inside, right? And so um, I would finally get you know to the doors of the school inside, and like I would still have this overwhelming sense of like oh my god, like something's in the truck. I need to go get the truck. I need to go lock the truck. Right. And so I would finally get myself inside. And by the time, you know, first or second period rolled around or if I I think it was by the time I'd like actually, excuse me, got into class and sat down, um, that I feel like, okay, I could let go of something. And it's interesting because, you know, again, this is a long time ago for, for me. Right. And, um, those experiences from what I believe it was, was, I felt that way because I felt like I needed to keep things safe and if I Didn't lock the doors or if something had happened to the house or you know We grew up with dogs, right if the dogs got out Then there was this like overwhelming sense of responsibility to keep things safe or to be responsible in general That um, my mind would take to the nth degree So I, I had a hard time kind of you know accepting that I'd you know followed through with an action and that I could let go because I knew and felt um, that I trusted my mind enough and myself enough to move forward. So I struggled with that. And so that happened, um, I, I think, all through high school, you know. And I, I, I'm i trying to remember because it was a long time ago. And I don't remember when it was that I started seeing a counselor for this. Um, and I'm trying to remember because I think it was and up to this point, you know, I'd seen kind of counselors a little bit, you know, kind of as a kid and stuff, but, um, I think it was, I don't remember exactly when I started seeing a counselor and he was more of a spiritual counselor and any, or more than a, more than like a clinical therapist, right. Or a clinical psychologist. And so, um, I don't really know like the exact definition between the differ or, uh, on the difference between a counselor and a therapist. So, I would have to look at that to determine what the difference is Um, but the counselor for me was very much uh, more spiritual so you would sit down and it was a little bit more faith-based and you would talk about like you know why do you feel this way you know god doesn't want you to feel like that and so you know i at that time kind of throughout high school i was going to church a lot and i was teaching sunday school and i was very you know heavily invested in in um kind of religion and faith and all of these other you know various topics And so for me, the, the, um, uh, the counseling was, was good because it gave me a way to start talking about why I felt certain things and and how I was approaching stuff, but never quite gave me the, I guess the kick in the ass. And, um, I guess the, the genuine type of ownership of why I was thinking the things that I did or the sense of freedom to be able to talk about it. Right. Because you know, I definitely think that at that time, it was like, okay, I'm going to church, I'm going to school, I shouldn't be feeling like this type of guilt, and you know, why am I, you know, like, I, I didn't quite understand why I was thinking the things that I did. And so, um, I recall too, I think it was my freshman years when I first started um, trying, again, it might have been my sophomore or junior. It doesn't really matter, because the, the activities all kind of were the same between locking doors. So for, for many years, it was locking doors and checking doors. And that went on. I mean, this wasn't just like a couple month or deal, right? Like, I remember this being a very big, big part of my life where it ended up getting in the way of things. Where, like, I'd be late to something or, you know, I didn't want to go do a particular thing because, like, fuck, I'd have to lock shit and whatnot. But I remember um, at one point in high school starting to take uh, a prescription. And I don't remember what the prescription was. But I was not consistent with it and I was not patient with it. And so what that ended up doing was kind of uh, making me very lethargic. You know, I was not consistent with it. So I would take it in the morning. And by the time I got to school, I could barely keep my eyes open. So naturally, you know, kind of being stubborn to a certain extent, um, I didn't take that prescription for very long. Um, I opted out of it pretty quick, which, you know, in hindsight, probably could have saved me a headache had I been a little bit more, um, I guess... Responsible and took ownership of, you know, maybe taking different, uh, different. What is it? God, different. It's different sizes. What is it? Um, fuck. God. Anyways, you know what I mean. Like eighty versus ten versus a hundred milligrams. I totally can't even think of the right word. And so. Um, that ended up consuming a lot of my life for that time, right? As far as locking doors and feeling very trapped and not taking, not being able to leave either the house or the car without um, feeling very captive to this thought of it's not safe. And so that carried on through um, throughout high school. And so by the time my senior year came around is when, I started to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable around people and have a little bit more direction on who I wanted to be because throughout that time, you know, high school, your formative years, right? Part of, or, you know, one of your couple formative years, right? And, you know, I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be a Green Beret. I wanted to be a youth pastor. So by the time I had graduated high school is when I was very, you know, dead set on going into ministry. You know, I was very interested because, you know, I felt like, You know, I, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to relate to people. I felt like that that was a good direction for me as far as being able to kind of tackle my own self. And so, um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember exactly all of the reasons that I wanted to go into ministry, but you know, that was a very big part of my life for, for several years because you know, I had taught Sunday school, like I said, which is really important on helping people think about and understand why they, why they believe something the way that they do. Right. Um, and so by the time I graduated high school, um, I had decided that I didn't want to go into engineering anymore and I wanted to become a youth pastor. So I had an internship at the church. Um, I had got a local minister's license and I had started attending a, a Northwest Nazarene University uh, to go study. Um, I studied computer science and graphic design um, as kind of a a fallback in case ministry didn't work right so that was you know i owe that to my dad you know at the time i definitely didn't want to listen because i wanted to do my own thing but you know kind of looking back it's like you know it's a great idea to be like okay yes i have this path that i want to go on but unless it's either certain or something that i can i can absolutely absolutely support my family with i need to be a little bit more logical with how life works right so um, i studied computer science and graphic design And I ended up living on campus. And so uh, living on campus for me was a totally different experience because, you know, I didn't have roommates, you know, ever. I I literally I lived at home. I had my bedroom. My sister had her room. My parents had theirs. And like, you know, so starting to share a space was was pretty challenging for me. And I was very a type about things. And I still am like you can ask Erica because like I I know that I drive her nuts because I have to keep everything orderly. And so, um, I'm trying to think of when things started to like really shape because my freshman year at NNU, I don't really recall having anything in particular that like drove me nuts. I think that there was a little bit of door locking. Um, I know that when I would leave, obviously I would make sure my dorm, you know, my dorm door shut and closed. But I don't remember during that gear at NNU anything being so far gone that it was frustrating, you know, Or, or like, or like debilitating. And so, but I'm trying to think, I don't think that there was anything there other than maybe like not quite be quite, you know, being super comfortable. Like, you know, knowing that something like was there kind of looming in the background, I know. Yeah, I don't really know how to describe that. But I think that what happens after that is maybe a little bit more important because um, after my freshman year at NNU, um, you know, private universities are very expensive. And so I'd taken out loans and, and kind of after reflecting on it and talking with my family, um, staying at NNU was not in my best interest in terms of finances um, because I had decided that I was going to change majors. I wasn't super interested in the computer science portion of it. Um, I was not very big on programming um, and I couldn't draw to save my life. Like even for the logo for the podcast, I, I paid somebody else to do it because I just, it's not, it's not my thing. And so transferred to Boise state and uh, started studying economics, moved onto campus. I think my sophomore or junior year. Um, and that's when things started to take a pretty different turn. Um, instead of locking doors, um, it turned into washing hands and washing clothes. Um, it got to the point where um, I like couldn't touch like maybe my own shirt or my pants that were clean without having to wash my hands, you know, stuff like that. You know, I know that I am trying to remember, I don't, that might sound, that might be, no, it was about that bad. Like I, I, I'm trying to remember because this has been a little while, you know, and it's one of those things that you're like, I don't want to have to think about if I don't have to. Um, but I, I remember living on campus, and I would. So I know that some people like can wear like the same pair of pants for like three days in a row, right? Well, like I would end up washing clothes twice, either twice. Or on like one of the extreme cycles before I could wash them or before I could wear them. Um, I would not be able to touch door handles without going into the bathroom and washing my hands. Um, I could not shake people's hands. Um, Or at least when I did, you know, it it ate away at me. Um, I hated just touching anything without having to go wash my hands to the point too, like where I was uncomfortable, like in my own, my own skin, right? Like I just needed to wash my hands and keep things clean. Um, and you know, it got so bad that I basically had permanently split knuckles. Um, you know, I tell people this every now and then when I, you do know, have, like I said, have one-on-one conversations where I had, I can, I can still kind of see it in my mind's eye. I'm looking at my knuckle right now. So on my left hand, I had this one, you know, my middle finger knuckle. Um, I had this one split from dried hands because I washed them so much on my knuckle that was, I don't know, probably half, three quarters of an inch long. And it was like permanently open. Like it was just, that's the way things were. And I would remember that I'd like wear gloves uh, with lotion in them because, or like, I lotion the shit out of my hands and wear gloves, which doesn't help because you know, um, fucking fleece, uh, dry skin out. <laughs> so, um, but like, I would sleep with like you know socks on my hands with with um lotion in them. I like the latex or not the latex, but the nitrile gloves. You know, you could put those on with lotion or like the moisture in them would would help your hands. I remember that you know, help being, being nice later on. Um, but I, you know, I remember being very debilitated, I guess at at one point, because I, you know, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to touch handles. I didn't want to, you know, open doors. I didn't want to touch pens. I couldn't touch like my pants pocket without like, you know, freaking out about something. Right. Um, and so, that got really frustrating to me because, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't feel very free. I was more focused on, you know, my knuckles are so bad. I can't grab my fucking pencil to take notes in class. I can't type because my hands are hurt. You know, I remember having like, imagine like, so, you know, they're in the webbing of your hand. Um, uh, imagine taking a piece of paper and making a paper cut there. Um, I would have basically those um, in a couple different areas on my hands because, you know, I would wash my hands so much. And then in the winter months, it would get horrible. And so, you know, I remember people, like I'd have friends and stuff be like, dude, your hands are like they're pretty, they're pretty dry. I was like, well, no shit. Sherlock." like, well, like what's going on? I was like, oh, I wash them a lot. It's fine. It's cold. It's the winter. They just, I just have dry hands. Like, okay. Well, you know, that's not the case because now in the winter time, it's like, yeah, sure. They get a little dry, but like, that's not that bad. You know, they, like, I don't think that your hands get so dry that you get fucking gigantic splits on them. And, uh, so that, that, that consumed me like horribly for a while. And, it, uh, it was intense, too, because at that same time, like I said, I started to do a lot of laundry, um, which I know some people like, man, like, wipe that dude up because he'll do your laundry. And while sure, that's cool. But it wasn't because like, oh, you know, I'm out of boxers. It was like, no, like I, I have to do the laundry and I have to wash it twice because like, oh, my God, like they're dirty. They were out. They were out in the world. And like who fucking knows what's out in the world. And if I don't wash them, then like then bad things are going to happen. Right. And again, the the overwhelming sense of responsibility, I think, is, is what drove um, drove that. So what I mean by that is if I didn't wash my hands. Right what germs are on the handles? What germs did I touch that I'm going to go shake somebody else's hand that I'm going to pass along, right? Is there a disease, right? That, that for me is a big one, right? Blood scares the shit, scared the shit out of me, right? Like if I, I, I hated the thought of like somebody having dried blood and touching, right? Which, which is a valid concern, right? There's there's risk there. There's a biohazard there. Um, but you know, let's say, you know, your average person might look at it to a power of 10. Well, I would take that to the power of 10,000 because I would be so worried about whatever. Right. So that got really frustrating. Right. And, and I think that there were times that I would visit the same counselor and kind of talk about it. Definitely a band aid for me because I would go in and just highlight, Oh God, this is frustrating. This is what I'm doing. This is how I feel, whatever, never quite got to the root of all of the issues that I was facing. Right. Or Excuse me. why I faced a certain thing and, and why I thought a certain way. And so, um, it was great because I'd go visit the counselor. I would share, you know, maybe 10, 20% of the overall things that I was, um, actually concerned about or actually facing and thinking about, um, which never l- resulted in kind of the deep dive into actual feelings, which, um, I'm going to get into later, uh, I think to a certain extent, I'm still kind of exploring how much, how much detail to provide. Um, uh, so yeah, I'll get into some of that later. I think in part three, as far as, um, how to go, how, how I learned to go think about things and, all of that and kind of the road to recovery air quotes, um, with OCD. So, um, yeah. But the laundry thing definitely got in the way because I would use so – I remember this – so much laundry detergent um, that, like, it would end up, like, giving, like, a little bit of a rash on your skin because there was still, like, fucking soap in it, right? So it, it was weird. Like, I, I I remember thinking about that at one point and kind of making that, like, a, like a connection because I'm like, man, why am I, like – why does my – you know – why am I like sore, you know? And yeah, it's fucking because I use so much laundry detergent that. And I did so much laundry. Like I, I had roommates that, you know, I would pack the washer full. And I had one roommate that, um, he and I were not the best of friends and he was, uh, not as clean as I am. And, uh, God, I, if he touched my stuff, I would have to wash it again. Like I would, I would absolutely have to wash clothes again. If, if somebody else touched my clean laundry and especially if they like put it on and this like kind of is true now because I still have places that like, you know, if my, if my jujitsu gi, you know, touched the washer now, and this is kind of a jumping head. If my jujitsu gi touches the dryer and nobody wipes the dryer off before they could put the clean clothes on it, I have to wash those clothes again. Like, like it's, it's, it's not a battle I, I can win, you know, to me, that's, that's just disgusting. And so there was stuff like that that consumed a lot of time and, and a lot of my focus, right? Like I, I, I was not able to kind of let go of these things and, and move on. So for me, um, it was much easier to kind of deal with those things, but run away with them or run away from them than face them, right? Live with them without confronting. And, um, so for me at, at during my high school and college years, right, it was, um locking doors very obsessively very very obsessively um then it moved into um you know when i started college started doing um washing my hands not touching doors wearing gloves you know trying to to compete with the dryness of washing hands with lotion to doing laundry and washing hands and all through this time you know i felt like the approach i took was just trying to live with it rather than, um, confronting it and trying to understand why I thought the way that I did and, and how to, how to approach it more health or with a little bit more, a little more health oriented healthily. Is that the right way to say it a little bit more healthily? Um, and so I definitely know that I was a bit of an odd dude throughout that time because I was focused on school work and, you know, battling all of these other, you know, stupid shit that I'm not stupid because like it it was my reality, right? But now I look back on it, it's like, man, had I had I had the tools now back then I'd have been I would have been so much more free, which, you know, I'm I'm glad I learned now. And and I owe that to my friends, my family and my wife uh, for helping me through that, which again, jumping ahead, I will cover, I will cover that story in a future segment. Um, but I think that that's, that's quite a bit of information to share now, um, is, uh, is yeah, that, that kind of high school and college was very tumultuous in terms of like, man, I had some crazy stuff and, and I know that it it might not sound like, um, locking doors and washing hands were, uh, too big of a deal. But when it takes you 15 minutes to leave the house, you know, five minutes to leave your truck because you're locked five minutes of locking a door right at your truck when you spend, I don't know, an hour a day washing your hands. And that might be an exaggeration, but I don't know. There was probably days there were probably days where I'd wash my hands three times before I could before I could leave the bathroom and I couldn't and I couldn't touch. Um, like door, you know, it was, it was bad. Right. So imagine that, right. Imagine, um, 15, 20, let's just say 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, locking doors. Okay. Before I can leave. Well, okay. So before I leave the house, let's imagine this, let's imagine before I leave the house takes me, you know, 10 minutes to 10 minutes to leave. I think that that's fair. And I, and I'm trying, and I'm, I know I'm waffling on my numbers, but I'm also, this is me trying not to overthink it and be, and be like as honest as I can. So I'm, I'm totally overthinking this. So we're going to stick with 10 minutes. Imagine 10 minutes to try and leave your house just because you're trying to lock doors. Then imagine another five minutes when you get back, when you get to school to lock your doors. Okay. Walking around the truck. Okay. Then imagine in college, right? Not necessarily experiencing the door locking so much, but every time you touch something unintentionally, whether that's a, you know, you bump into somebody when you're walking in the halls. You grab the book, your, your textbook in the wrong spot. Um, you touch the library computer. You grab a door handle. Um, you touch a pen that, you know, wasn't in the right spot in your backpack. Um, you grab a marker that wasn't in the right spot somewhere. Um, you touched the wrong area of the desk. Um, there was stuff like that, right? So anytime something like that happened, I had to go wash my hands three times. So that, that added up a lot of time throughout, you know, high school or excuse me, through college. So I'm going to, I'm going to ballpark. I'm going to say about an hour a day. Let's just, let's just go with an hour a day of washing hands, just washing hands. And it's not like it's not like the simple hand washing, right? Like I, I I wash my hands very freely now. Where I walk in, hit it, wash it, good to go, right? My hands are clean. No, this shit was like wash it, rub it, scrub it, fingers, fingernails, the whole kit and caboodle, like like angry washing, right? And I, I know that throughout that time, it was the washing hands portion, right? It wasn't like, a, oh, I just need to wash him, right? It was like, oh my God, I need to fucking, I need to get this off. I need to wash my hands because if I don't, like something's bad's going to happen. And if I don't, like I touch something and then I'm going to go, you know, do this other thing and meet this person and, and what if, right? So I lived in a lot of that fear and anxiety of just germs, you know, of, of what happens if I don't wash my hands. And kind of not necessarily being able to pinpoint um, what exactly the terrible thing would be, but having this huge idea that something bad could and would probably happen if I didn't do a particular action, right? So it was very ritualistic, right? And, and I think it's important to note that I didn't know what that thing was that I was trying to prevent, other than there was something that existed potentially existed that I, I needed to protect against protect people from no matter what, you know, it was just this weird sense of like, protection, and fear and anxiety of this great what if that I had no control over. And so um, that was very tough. That was very challenging. And that was something that that I, I had a very hard time living with. And like I said, when I would see a counselor, it was very much a bandaid where I would go in, we would kind of discuss these things and we would talk in, you know, a 5,000 foot view, not quite 10, right? That 5,000 foot view of what's going on, not really digging into, um, the whys and the hows of, of what was going on. And, uh, that came later, which, which I'm going to cover next week. Um, In uh, in kind of the next iteration of tackling my OCD, because this is that's when things start to get very real, um, as if this wasn't, but um, get very real in terms of being able to deep dive into the way I think about things and starting to talk about um, uh, the tools to develop them the the big demon in the back of my head and also some intrusive thoughts which uh gets gets like i said a little bit more real every time but you know after talking with my buddy brady and thinking about it right and it's funny because brady really just was like hey you got a presence you got this platform you got a story tell it because you're trying to do this thing so start getting it out there and i mean it was literally like a a two-minute conversation that spurred this but you know what you know, I, uh, I hope that this, this, uh, speaks to you guys in some way, shape or form, because this is my story. You know, there's, there's obviously a lot more to it. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting because everybody's built different, right? We all think and a, and handle life differently. And like I said, at the beginning, you know, this story doesn't have a, a, you know, a dramatic, huge experience. And I don't come from a fucked up background. Right. But like my body, my mind just says, you know, Hey, there's this scary thing out there. You don't know what it is, but, um, you have to perform these functions, uh, X number of times, and it needs to feel this way, um, before you can move on. Otherwise you're fucking screwed. So stay tuned, uh, for next week's, uh, madman episode, and we'll start talking about the next iteration. Um, but you know, if any of you guys, um, kind of feel like you're stuck somewhere, Um, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, I definitely, you know, I don't know everything. I'm not licensed in any way, shape or form. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've learned stuff. I've, I've kind of experienced life in in some way, you know, that, that I hope is, uh, relatable and, uh, can help maybe shed some light on whatever it is that you're going through. And if anything, you know, one to jump ahead again, uh, one tool I've learned is sometimes you just need to talk about it, right? You don't need to get any advice. You don't need to get, uh, anything done or taken care of. You don't need a prescription in the moment, maybe, uh, other than just to say something. And so if you need just to say something to somebody like my emails there, my Instagram's there. If you connect with me, I don't really want to rattle my, my cell phone number off, but, uh, if you need something like, I mean, people are here and and I'm more than happy to be that, that someone to help, uh, get you connected. So that's, that's the start of the story. And, uh, let's see, uh, let's see how this goes. So I just finished uh, listening back through this and uh, I'm going to interject a little bit because this, this is a hugely important thing is I wish that I would have known this sooner and taken it a little bit more seriously. And it's uh, that you are responsible for your own progress and I'm, I'm definitely speaking to later conversations that I'm going to share and, and things that I've learned. Um, but throughout all of my, you know, high school and college years, um, I had people that were there, you know, I had friends and family, you know, my family was absolutely readily available. Um, and I'm not sure how much I shared with them of, uh, a lot of the struggles that I was having in terms of, you know, washing hands, OCD, you know, things that I was, I was definitely, I, I hate to say, shamed, ashamed of sharing. Um, But, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't know how to go talking to anybody about. And that was by no fault of anybody other than, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't understand uh, until much later on in life. Um, But the thing that I think is is hugely important coming out of this conversation, right, is, yeah, sure, I struggled. But in order to make strides forward, uh, you're responsible for your own progress. And that was something that I didn't take full ownership of uh, early on and, and ask for help. And, and find ways to get it and even when it was provided to me or people people actively tried to help me um, I, I I was not receptive to it and that was definitely uh, a a point of contention for a while or I don't know if contention is the right word, but definitely slowed progress. And if you're looking to get help and, and make strides and become more happy, right? You are responsible for what comes next. And so, you know, be willing to uh, to be vulnerable um, and to have those conversations to take those steps. And uh, kind of like I said, I, I had I had a family unit that was there that and and I still do. And my wife is there. And I've learned all of these tools now that I'm capable of having these conversations, but I, I wasn't back then. And so uh, those types of stories and conversations will, will become a little bit more fleshed out in, in future episodes. But if you're in that spot now where you're like, man, I don't want to wait till next week, that's the advice I want coming out of this is, is go start talking and sharing those stories and start leveraging those people around you um, to move forward. But I don't want to leave with just like, a, oh, Austin washed his hands and – Lock stores, you know, like, fuck. Yeah, I did. That, that was my life for a while, whatever. You know, I, I've worked through it. It's fine. That was my normal. I've understand it now and I move forward. But in order to do that, right, you got to start working through the hard shit. So that's it off my soapbox for this week. Next week, we'll pick back up. I'm going camping this weekend. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, so I hope you all have a great, great weekend and we'll catch you Monday.